The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you for joining us on Truth and Love Radio. Pastor Sharam Hadian here with you. And folks, we're going to um, pick up our program here on um, the truth of Ramadan, uh, specifically why Christians should not be celebrating or blessing Ramadan, and what is the actual history of it. You know, I, I see a lot of stuff in the, in the media, as I mentioned on our previous program, uh, that is propagandizing Ramadan and the spiritual aspect of it and how it's it's a the most blessed time of year and it's a time for Muslims to draw closer to their God and in prayer and so forth and so on. But I tell you, the history is not known. We don't know our history and we don't know what the text says within the Quran, within the Sunnah of Muhammad. As I mentioned at the end of the last program, if Muhammad was blessed and ordained to fight during Ramadan, if Allah ordained and blessed that, that means those who are fighting for it, for jihad during the month of Ramadan are the true Muslims. And the Muslims who claim that Ramadan is a time of peace, that it's a time of reflection, and that fighting is not prescribed against unbelievers, and that, that that's actually wrong and sinful, are really not the true Muslims, or they're, or they're not reflective of the text of Islam. So that's what we want to look at. Um, and as I mentioned in the last program, when you have Ramadan, that is the month that the Quran was revealed, and the Quran and Islam was revealed to the world, and it denies every major tenet of Christianity. So how can we possibly bless and celebrate something, a revelation that denies our revelation, that clearly denies everything that the Bible has taught us? We are, If we do that, we're actually working against ourselves. So... That's why I believe this program is so important. We've got to speak the truth and love about these things, and we have to educate the body of Christ. So I encourage you, get these programs and get it out to somebody who you know. I'm sure many of you will know a family member or someone in your church who is uh, in, in the spirit of interfaith and ecumenicalism and loving our Muslim neighbors because that's what Jesus would have done. He would have just loved our, the Muslim neighbors and celebrated Ramadan with them. In the spirit of that, we're actually denying our own faith. So I, it's really important that we know the history. And that's what I wanted to pick up on the program today, is that the interfaith push with these yard signs, have a blessed to our Muslim neighbors, blessed Ramadan. We see it again, not just in the interfaith movement, not, not just with many of these interfaith ecumenical churches that are working against our ministry and, and, and the truth, to get the truth out about Islam. But we're seeing it in, in governmental circles. We're seeing it where the government is now promoting this interfaith concept. And again, sadly, I'm disappointed that President Trump um, was uh, celebrating the iftar dinner at the White House and that he actually made a statement. And, and I want to read the part of the statement that he made that uh, was disappointing um, uh, in regards to um, uh you know, really not being factually accurate about um, what uh, Ramadan is. Uh, so let me get to that here. Here we go. This is uh, President Trump's 2018 Ramadan message just a few days ago. 
Quote, Ramadan is a time of self-reflection intended to deepen one's spiritual growth and renew a sense of appreciation for the many blessings God provides. In this spirit of thanksgiving and reflection, those observing Ramadan can strengthen our communities, help those in need, and serve as good examples for how to live a holy life. Now, the problem is that um, President Trump is both being misled and partially correct. So Ramadan is a time of reflection, a time of deepening one's spiritual growth as a Muslim. It's a time of renewing a sense of commitment to Allah. So yes, that's true. And it's for that very reason, given what Muhammad taught, given what the Quran teaches, Ramadan is the month that one would carry out an act of jihad against unbelievers. Because what more devout thing can a Muslim do than to carry out jihad, which according to the Sharia law manual, the Reliance of the Traveler, the Islamic manual, uh, the, the manual on classical Islamic law, jihad is a communal obligation. Every Muslim must wage jihad, and it is not, as some uh, Muslim apologists lie, it is not just a spiritual fight, it is indeed a physical fight against non-believers. Remember, the very definition of jihad means to war against unbelievers for the establishment of the religion of Islam, of, of Allah. It is to war against those who are not believers. And the reason we know it's a physical war, not just a spiritual war, is because, again, the example of Muhammad. In the Quran, in the Sunnah, he himself fought spiritually uh, and physically. Yes, there were some spiritual aspects. Yes, there is an inner jihad. Yes, that's the greater jihad, because Muslims believe that the fight against the flesh, the internal jihad, will remain forever and ever and ever, which is pretty sad when you think about that as Christians we believe that once we die, we go to heaven, we get a new spiritual body or a new body. We don't have to deal with the flesh anymore. We don't have to deal with the temptations of the flesh or the frailties of our flesh. Muslims don't believe that. They believe that will continue on to eternity, which is very, very sad when you think about it. But that's the reason that that's the greater jihad is because of that long-lasting effect. The reason the lesser jihad is to war against non-Muslims is because they believe at some point that will end. In fact, specifically, the Sharia law manual says that when Jesus, the Jesus of Islam, returns, that's when jihad ends. Because no longer will there be a need to war against non-Muslims because there won't be any non-Muslims. They either have been subjugated or killed. So... Jihad is a communal obligation. So why would Muslims commit jihad during the month of Ramadan? Why would they, you know, uh, why would there be a massive uptick in those acts? Because they are trying to be more observant. They're trying to be more self-reflective. They're trying to deepen their spiritual faith. And what better way to do that than to commit yourself to devotion to Allah by committing an act of jihad by um by 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 uh, taking out a, a, an unbeliever, and more importantly, if you be, get to become a martyr during the month of Ramadan, that's where it really lies. Because martyrdom is the only guarantee of salvation within Islam. Better if you're a martyr during the holy month of Ramadan. So this is why there is a motivation and and. But sadly, who is feeding this information to President Trump? Who is advising him that this is all Ramadan means? 
So I want to focus on uh, the, this Robert Spencer article again that on Jihad Watch and also in PJ Media that I'll, I'll link. And there's a great article that I will link from um, Memory, the Middle East. Um, uh, what does the M, the Middle M stand for? Middle East something Research Institute. Middle East. Um, I can't remember the M right now. Anyway, it'll come to me in a minute. But Memory is a great resource, particularly coming out of the Middle East and out of uh, Europe, that tracks uh, not only as, uh, as you know what's happening over there, tracks what's being said in the mosques uh, from Ara- and translates translates it oftentimes from Arabic to other languages, including English. But this article is an excellent article that traces the the history of Ramadan, the month of. Uh, it's called Ramadan, the month of spirituality, devotion, jihad, and martyrdom. It's an excellent, detailed article. Uh, I'm yeah. It's sorry. It's the Middle East Media Research Institute. Memory. The Middle East Media Research Institute. I knew it would come back to me. Anyway, so let me get to the Robert Spencer article first, uh, because as I told you in the last program, he wrote a book that I'm very excited to read, um, that is titled "The History of Jihad from Muhammad to ISIS." Now, very important to understand, when ISIS declared itself to be the caliphate, it did so on the first day of Ramadan. During the month of Ramadan is when ISIS actually declared itself to be the, the caliphate. Now, there are Muslims who would argue ISIS is not the caliphate. The, the head of ISIS uh, al-Baghdadi is not the caliph. And that's, a to some extent, an interesting argument, because I would agree that it can't come from just one group. It has to come from the Islamic community, the Ummah. But why would they declare the Islamic caliphate during the month of Ramadan, the beginning of Ramadan? Because it is what Muhammad did in his fighting. <laughs> the month of Ramadan was a month of holy war. And that's what we don't understand, is that ISIS is Islamic. Because ISIS is trying to do and model what Muhammad did. Not what he may do or didn't do, but what he actually did. And that's why we don't understand. So, Robert Spencer's article, Ramadan's Death Toll, as I mentioned to you last time, uh, Islam, uh, there's a website, thereligionofpeace.com, thereligionofpeace.com. It tracks the the attacks uh, on the month of Ramadan during that month in the name of Islam, meaning that these are attacks carried out by Muslims in the name of Allah, uh, in the name of Islam against non-Muslims. Uh, there were 141 attacks, 608 people killed. Uh, they track other religions who also would have killed in the name of religion. There was one attack that was carried out by other religions, one person killed. And how many Muslims were killed by Islamophobia or Islamophobes, those who are these awful haters against Islam, supposedly? Zero. Zero Muslims were killed by Islamophobes. Zero attacks were carried out by Islamophobes. How many attacks carried out by Muslims in the name of Islam? 141. How many people killed? 608. So it's a very interesting website, and it keeps track of tracks of track of this massive uptick in violence during the month of Ramadan every single year, and gives specific examples of those attacks. So I highly recommend that during this month, uh, Ramadan. Uh, Robert Spencer quotes this this um, uh, death toll. And then he brings in a couple of verses I want to highlight because he talks about, for example, that fighting and killing non-Muslims is prescribed and commanded in the Quran. Uh, Surah 2191, Surah 489, Surah 95, Surah 929, uh, Surah 474, and others. Uh, 
Thus, the premise is that if you kill an unbeliever during Ramadan for the ones who carry out this act, this is a holy act. That's how. That's why. That's why ISIS and the, these Islamic groups uh, can justify it. Again, there are many Muslim apologists who say, "Oh, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. They're misinterpreting Scripture. They're taking it out of context." But they're really not because it's not just based on the Quran. They're basing it on Muhammad. You see, it's easy to go to the Quran and say, well, the, the, the Quran says this, but you don't really speak classical Arabic. You speak only regular Arabic, or maybe there's, as you, as you know, as I've told many of my, our supporters, over 80% of the world's Muslim population aren't even Arabs and don't even speak Arabic. They have to learn how to pray in Arabic and recite Arabic. But So the claim is, well, you don't speak Arabic, Sharam, therefore you can't read the Quran, you can't understand classical Arabic, you don't know what it really says. Okay, well, there are very good interpretations of the Quran out there. There are the top five interpretations that are on Quran, uh, Quran.com, Q-U-R-A-N.com, that go through these interpretations and, and, and give very, very accurate meaning to the uh, classical Arabic. However, the Quran is not the only source. Because where there is contradictions and questions in the Quran, we go to the Sunnah. And what is the Sunnah? The Sunnah is the practice of Muhammad. The word Sunnah means in Arabic practice. So this is what Muhammad practiced. And of course, there are two sources of the Sunnah: the Hadith, which is which which means in Arabic the traditions of who Muhammad. And then there is the Sira S I R A, which is the biography. The word there in Arabic, the biography of who? Again, Muhammad. And, and, and in fact, 86% of all Islamic text is about Muhammad and not the God of Islam, Allah. So it is all about Muhammad. So the reason that ISIS or Al-Shabaab or Al-Qaeda or any of these groups can justify their killing during the month of Ramadan and believe that it's a holy and sacred act is because of the fact that they're following the example of Muhammad. Here is, for example, a jihadi group, as Robert Spencer explains, uh, explaining their actions for jihad during the month of Ramadan back in 2012. Quote, the month of Ramadan is a month of holy war and death for Allah. It is a month of fighting, uh, for, is a month for fighting the enemies of Allah and God's messenger, the Jews and their American facilitators. Um, then we have in Islam's core belief, of course, Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, and it says in Surah 48:29, those who are with him are severe against disbelievers and merciful among themselves. So for a Muslim to be merciful on Ramadan to a Muslim and not merciful to a non-Muslim is following the example of Surah 48:29, where Muhammad says himself, as the messenger of Allah, that those who are with Muhammad, or, or I should say Allah says about Muhammad, Excuse me, excuse me, those who are with him who are following Muhammad. Okay, again, I just said it. Those, what does it mean, those who are with him? It means those who are following his, his example. Those who are following the example of Muhammad, they must be severe to unbelievers and merciful among Muslims. So, again, if the Ramadan imperative is to be more devout, then the Muslim who applies himself diligently to observe Ramadan will at the same time become more merciful to his fellow Muslims and more severe against unbelievers, non-Muslims. Now, does the history of Islam back that up? Yes. In fact, Spencer goes on to say uh, 
that throughout the history of Islam, we can see jihad being waged with extra ferocity during Ramadan. Again, in his new book, he highlights uh, a battle in 1504 in India. The Delhi Sultan uh, Sikandar Lodi, in the words of the contemporary Muslim historian Niamutullah, quote, raised the standard of war for the reduction of the fort of Mandrel. But the garrison capitulating and de- de- delivering up to the citadel, the Sultan ordered the temples and idols to be demolished and mosques to be constructed. He moved out on a plundering expedition into the surrounding country where he butchered many people, took many prisoners, and devoted to utter destruction all the groves and habitations. And after gratifying and honoring himself by this exhibition of holy zeal, he returned to his capital, Bayana. So again, this is um, uh, a Muslim, okay, a Muslim attacking those in India and destroying their temples and killing many during uh, the act of jihad. So it says, yes, plundering, butchering, and destroying temples was, as far as Niamatullah was concerned, an exhibition of holy zeal. So if this is a holy zeal, that means during the month of Ramadan, it's a holy zeal, right? So murdering infidels does not contradict the spirit of Ramadan. It embodies it. uh, Spencer quotes another website, uh, Kavakaz Center, a website operated by Chechnyan jihadists. They explain in a 2010 article that the idea of Ramadan as a time of warfare against infidels went back to Muhammad's time. They say the month of Ramadan and the life of the prophet and the righteous ancestors was the month of forthcoming. The greatest battles during the lifetime of the prophet occurred in this blessed month, the month of jihad, zeal, and enthusiasm. Let me repeat that one more time. Okay? These are jihadists who are using Muhammad's actions to justify what they're doing. The month of Ramadan and the life of, a prof, of the prophet and the righteous ancestors was a month of forthcoming. The greatest battles during the lifetime of the prophet occurred in the blessed month of uh, Ramadan. He, they call it the month of jihad, zeal, and enthusiasm. Does that make sense? So what I'm trying to tell you is that when Muslims are doing this, they are carrying out an act that is consistent with their prophet. Now I want to go to memory in the few minutes that we have left, and I want to, I want to give you some examples. Um, there are some examples, and if you go, I don't know, about halfway down the article, you'll see here, um, during the month of Ramadan, they go on to say that Muslims are especially beholden to protecting the sanctity of Muslim holy places and keeping the infidels or unbelievers from desecrating or threatening them. And they go through various excerpts, uh, for example, in Egypt, um, an article published in the Egyptian daily Al uh, Ahram in July 2012. Then Mufti of Egypt, Ali Gum wrote that Ramadan is and has been throughout Muslim history the month in which Allah helps the Muslims to prevail over their enemies and grants them mighty victories. He reviewed the conquest of Muslims throughout history during Ramadan. 
He said, quote, throughout the history of Islamic civilization, Ramadan has been not only a month of worship and of growing close to Allah the Almighty, but also a month of action and jihad aimed at spreading this great religion. When the soul grows stronger and the spirit soars, it inevitably affects the body, which, which also grows stronger, for the body is the mirror of the soul. That is why throughout Muslim history, Ramadan has been a month of great conquest, which were an important factor in spreading Islam with its righteousness and tolerance across the world. Ramadan saw many events that were milestones in the history of Islamic civilization. Then he goes on to say, here are some examples, folks. Okay, now pay attention. These are examples of not only battles, but battles that Muhammad was a part of. Okay, so again, we've been saying, why would jihadists use Ramadan to justify an uptick of violence of jihad against non-Muslims. Not only is it prescribed in the Quran, but it is prescribed and carried out by Muhammad himself. That is why it is actually Islamic, and that is why, for the 15th time, Muslims who do it are more devout than Muslims who deny it, that it should be done. So here is the, here's some examples. On Ramadan 22, so day 22, of the year 1AH. Now, AH is a acronym for after Hijra. So, in Islam, the calendar doesn't obviously reflect after Christ, right? Uh, Muhammad got revelation in 610 AD. Uh, he, he, he starts the Hijra in 622 AD. So this is 623 A.D. Does that make sense? So on our calendar, it would be 623. On the Islamic calendar, it's year one. Because Islam doesn't really start until Hijra, until conquest. Muhammad doesn't really become a warlord and the prophet that he is and the political leader that he is until Hijra, until he goes to Medina and and, and conquers and and. Um, uh, forces Jews out, some convert, and one tribe, the Banu Karazai, are killed, are beheaded by the order and and uh, and participation of Muhammad himself. So, on Ramadan 22 of the year 1 A.H., the prophets, the prophets' brigades were first sent forth. So, this is when he is launched. Does that make sense? That he is launched during the first month of, of uh, uh, Hijra, or the first year after Hijra, on the 22, 22nd day of Ramadan. On Ramadan 17 of the following year, year 2 AH, was the great battle of Badra, in which the Muslims, under the command of the Prophet, defeated the infidel armies. Now, Surah, uh, I believe it's Surah 13, speaks of this battle of Badra. So the battle of Badra is a battle that Muhammad himself uh, participated in. So let me just make sure you understand. Um, Allah blessed Muhammad participating in this battle. This was a key battle in the early days of Islam where there was a turning point in Muhammad's struggle with those in Mecca. Because remember, he had left Mecca, right, 622. He called for the pilgrimage, the ha, the not the pilgrimage, I'm sorry. He called for the hijra, which means the, the migration. They migrated from Mecca to Medina. Islam officially really starts then. 
but he had tr- he signed this treaty with the Quraysh in Mecca. And he claims they broke the treaty, but he really broke the treaty, declares war. Once he amasses a, 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 an army, he goes back to Mecca and routes Mecca. But before that, there were some previous struggles before he was able to get to that point. And one of them was known as the Battle of Badra, both accounted in the Hadith and in the Sirah. So the Sunnah backs this up. And, um, uh, you know, this is again when there was a, this is a huge scale, scale battle, because before that, the Muslims and the Makians had some battles, but this is the first large-scale engagement between the two forces. And this is, again, as I said, backed up um, in the Quran. Um, you know, it, it, it's Islamic to its core. Let me go back to what this um, Grand Mufti of, of Egypt says. Because, again, he's quoting, he's citing this. So, year 2H was the Great Battle of Badra. Then, on Ramadan 21 of the year 8 AH, so we have 630 AD, the Messenger of Allah conquered Mecca. So by, by eight years after they had gone to Medina, he goes back and he fully conquers Mecca. This conquest was the pinnacle of the efforts of the Prophet and his companions in their Islamic dawah for the sake of Allah. It bore the message of Islamic sovereignty and in the Arabian Peninsula, we're following the Prophet's example, people started to convert to Allah's religion in groups. On Ramadan 8, in the year 9 AH, was the Battle of Tabuk. And the Prophet returned from this battle on Ramadan 26, having received great support from Allah. So we have uh, numerous battles during the month of Ramadan that Muhammad himself fought. Then it goes on to say, after Muhammad's death, his companions followed his example in spreading dawah, that means forcing Islam upon those who are unbelievers, in their era too, saw a great Islamic conquest during the month of Ramadan. In Ramadan 13, 15 AH, this is the year 636 AD, the commander of the faithful Umar bin Khattab arrived in Palestine after waging hard battles to conquer al-Sham, the uh, major part of Syria. He received the keys to the city of Jerusalem and granted his people a charter of protection guaranteeing their property and lives. And so in Ramadan 1, uh, 20 AH, uh, Kitab uh, uh, entered Egypt under the command of Umar ibn al-As after he vanquished the army um, uh, after he vanquished the army of the oppressing Byzantines. And I can go on and on. Again, look at the link, folks, on, on the memory.org link, the memory.org link. And it goes through all of these battles throughout Islamic history that have been fought during the month of Ramadan. The bottom line is that Ramadan is a time where Muslims are to become more devout. But the best way to be devout is to follow Muhammad. And if you follow Muhammad, Muhammad waged all these battles that he claims are Muslim scholars. Some Muslim scholars claim were only defensive, but clearly history shows otherwise because he had left Mecca. He wasn't under threat. He's the one who goes back and wages war and breaks the treaty. One final thing I want to uh, specify again, church, for you. Please understand we are in a spiritual battle, right? The Bible says we're not in a war against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Understand that Islam is an antichrist spirit. Understand that the push of interfaith 
and those deceivers who are using interfaith, whether in the evangelical churches or in the mainline denominational churches or the Catholic Church or any of these social justice organizations, the point of it is control and deceit, and they're using Ramadan, and Christians are denying their own faith. Please don't fall for it. Please stand true to the gospel. Stand true to the word of God. The greatest love we can have for Muslims is to share the gospel with them, as, as someone did with me, as the Lord used that by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring me out of Islam. That is the greatest love we can have for Muslims, not telling them how much we revere how wonderful their, their faith is. Let's give them the truth and let the truth set them free. God bless you, and we'll see you on the program next time. And never, never, never celebrate Ramadan. In fact, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.